Welcome to podcast number 16, The Power of Music, Symptom, and Treatment. Music has a powerful influence on the body and mind. Numerous studies point to the benefits of certain types of music to help treat mild to moderate bipolar and depression symptoms. Now, if I have it correct, there are research findings that dopamine, a strong neurological transmitter, and associated with pleasure and reward system is one of the many biological factors activated when we listen to music uh, beyond many others. Now, there is a type of music therapy called cognitive behavioral music therapy. It has been used with some effectiveness to treat various symptoms. I'm not really going to explain the entire therapy, but I think you probably get the gist of it. The music most used in this type of therapy is a classical and symphonic, but it's surprising to find that many others have been found to be effective. However, music can and often does have both positive and negative effects depending upon the types of music consumed. One of the many effective treatments one can use to help the reduction of the symptoms is music of a positive, uplifting nature. One of the things that I used most effectively as a self-medication was music. I didn't know at the time that I was medicating with music, as as is the case with most self-medications. Music seemed to have an ability to calm troubled nerves, provide for more uplifting thoughts and thinking patterns, and provide some energy and inspiration where none existed before. I had not thought of music as a therapy until I read a book by Cleon Skousen later in my life about the Old Testament. And in that book was a story about Saul. Now, I know the the source is a little strange, but I like doctoral books of that nature. If you've read and studied Saul and his relationship with David, you will find that David was brought into Saul's palace because he he was unusually gifted in playing of an instrument. Saul, it appears, used music to calm a troubled soul and his difficulty with his moods. Now, the author noted that Saul may have been bipolar or depressed and used music as a form of therapy. Now, if you study Saul's actions throughout his career as king, it does appear that he may have had some type of mental illness. If you think about the gospel of Jesus Christ, music has always been a part of worship. It is because the Lord knows better than anyone the power of music for memory inspiration, adjustment of thought patterns, emotion control, and so many other spiritual and biological functions. Hymns and other forms of music can bring strong emotions and memories back time and time again. I would suppose that I could ask almost anyone in the church to give me a memory of a time when they felt the Spirit of the Lord while listening to the Spirit of God as sisters in Zion, as I have loved you. Families could be together forever and so many more classic hymns of the Church of Jesus Christ. And they could probably produce several. If I played a song for them, they would find even more memories and emotions. We sing and play music in the Church for reasons of memory and emotional recall and uplifting and positive experiences. Not surprisingly, the more we become familiar with a song, the more it becomes a part of our culture, traditions, and ourselves as a person. Now, if you ever wonder why general authorities stick to the standards of the hymns, you will find it is because those songs are more likely to bring the remembrance of spiritual experiences than a new piece of music that might be uplifting, but would probably not elicit any real memory. Anyway, um, moving on, my wife could tell you almost every song that I used frequently to help abate the depression and mood swings. Now, I grew up in the 80s and some of the 90s, and my music of choice happened to be things like Chicago and Ario Speedwagon and Richard Marks 
and several other rock class, soft rock classics of the time frame. Now, I'm not sure exactly what drove me to these particular songs, but they provided relief. I listened to them over and over and over again until such time as I passed through the blessing and healing that I had previously discussed in my other podcasts. Interesting fact that I do not listen to them currently. I assume not only did they help me at the time, but they also locked in memories into my brain that I don't think I really want to remember, so I seem to avoid those. Interesting. Now, I'm not exactly what sure to what drove me to this particular type of music, at least not scientifically. There are some theories about particular beat counts and perhaps music that is more symphonic. Even though classical and symphonic music seems to be a major part of treatment options, one would think that I would have leaned towards that style of music, but strangely has never become part of my process. I will admit, though, if you listen to Chicago, you will find some symphonic music mixed in with the soft rock sounds, or perhaps there is some truth to the symphonic sound. In any case, music had a profound effect upon the disease and the illness, and I did have a tendency to moderate many portions of the disease through music. I think that you will find that most, if not all, individuals who deal with the disease illness use music in many ways to help with the symptoms. I believe music to be beneficial as a treatment, so the listening is likely good for them in many ways. However, there are some important considerations about music. The first I will mention is lyrics. Music is one of the most powerful teaching platforms one can use. Using music enhances our ability to remember lyrics and incorporate those lyrics into our lives. Now, our cultures have produced a variety of good music over many years. Now, what I mean by good is that it teaches correct principles. However, the amount of poor and even evil music far outweighs the good. Much of the popular cultural music we listen to contains various statements of false or deceptive nature, and it is often couched in lyrics that contain some truth as a subtle lining around a not-so-subtly-not-so-true message. What we often do not realize is how much this music alters and changes our life and our thinking patterns. How many times have you awoken with a song in your head? If you consider the lyrics you are singing, do they often match with the teachings of the Savior? I would say for that for the most part, many songs in popular culture probably do not reflect true values of the Church of Jesus Christ. For the most part, music is about the experiences of the natural man and the natural woman. And often, the music reinforces the idea that it's just fine to be a natural man or a natural woman. Now, place those songs in an environment where the soul is having difficulty hearing the spirit due to depression or mania. What you find is that those with depression and mania will have a tendency to drift to the message of the songs. That means the message becomes somewhat soothing to the soul. Music can have a dramatic effect upon the listener, especially those vulnerable to the messages such as someone dealing with a mental illness. Naturally, a great deal of music revolves around relationships, both in the making and the breaking, where emotions run most high. Because of this, you will find those with mental illness drifting towards those type of dependencies in relationships, and what I refer to as the love drug side of self-medication. It will be a natural reaction to the music and to the illness. Now, what can be done to help? The difficulties with music, tailoring music can certainly help. Later when I developed some more moderate depression due to a chronic pain autoimmune autoimmune illness, which I still have, I again drifted towards music, but tailored that music more to Christian rock, that's what they call it, rather than 
Chicago or other types of popular music. Now, the music itself was about the same, but the messages were often significantly better. And now, this can be a strategy to kind of choose a different type of music. However, it would be doubtful that you could get someone to stop listening to the music they have found that works with their depression. But you also might be able to mix in a little better message. Sometimes those afflicted or with depression will lean to music that has a tendency to match their mood. This will often lead to a very destructive type of music, both dark in lyrics and the music itself. The music and its message will lead to, lead to other individuals who listen to the same and to their habits, which can be and are often more destructive. Friendships are some of the most difficult relationships to manage with a mental illness, and finding those who are accepting without judgment can be difficult. So you can imagine how these non-judgmental friendships could occur. Now, there's no real need to dwell on the subject except for to say that it is wise to be careful about the music that one listens to and the friends that you choose. Now, I know it can be difficult because your soul yearns for what it knows. It yearns for what it remembers and where it's captured those memories. Whatever you can do to keep the message and the music itself positive, upbeat, wholesome, will be the best for your soul and for the illness. Now onto another source of medication that I used regularly, um, entertainment, now specifically movies and television. Uh, this is not unusual for someone who is mentally ill, especially bipolar or depressed. Uh, these types of visual entertainment provide an avenue of escape from the disease, especially in the mind and in the emotions. The telling of stories is as powerful as music when it comes to teaching principles. When you add music to the storytelling, it becomes even more powerful. And it's one reason television entertainment is so addictive. I use this method of treatment as much as I did anything else. Television often provided a mental escape that I needed, both in mind and body and soul. I would often watch television for hours. Now for me, a man, sports and movies that move quickly, such as action movies and even romance movies worked as long as they moved quickly. I remember remember specifically that these types of entertainment provided some energy and excitement. I can tell you that my body still reacts similarly when I watch sports and I'm invested in a team. Now for many adults, the escape through media can be one of the main symptoms of the disease. Now certainly there are many who enjoy, simply enjoy television and media as well that aren't afflicted. It cannot be the only symptom you exhibit, but it is helpful as a symptom to determine if the illness exists. Now, I realize that there are differences between the sexes, and I found my wife drifting towards romance movies as much as the Hallmark Channel produces with her depression. As with music, one has to be careful as to the entertainment that you will allow yourself to watch. Mental illness casts a cloud over spiritual reception and spiritual concerns, and entertainment can be a slippery slope, especially for individuals susceptible to pornography. And this is a good portion of the mentally ill. The industry knows very well how to capture attention and lead to a difficult road. I suppose that this is true for all types of media, including literature and music. Mentally ill individuals are going to need help to avoid the various traps and terrible media that's so pervasive in the industry. I've had too many friends and others with whom I have discussed the disease that have fallen into this terrible dark hole. The addiction is one of the most difficult and powerful addictions to overcome and is especially problematic when someone is single 
and without a more consistent companion to aid in media control. If you know that your spouse, child, or family member is depressed, this is one addiction that should be discussed and monitored closely. It is also important to understand if the addiction has already taken hold. I've discussed many times how difficult it is to feel what is right and wrong in a depression and how powerful the darkness can be. Looking for any type of temporary relief or self-medication is very common, and often it is found in pornography. The difficulty for anyone with mental illness or anyone who has found themselves within the clutches of pornography is that the temporary relief leads to a greater darkness, deeper hole, and suffering for them and those around them. I've counseled with many friends and church members about this difficult problem, and my heart reaches out to them. They find the hole so deep, dark, and endless that it can be difficult to see out. The judgmental stigma found within the church as to this particular sin is also very harmful to these individuals. It keeps them coming from coming forward for help. It keeps them in a dark pit of despair and pain. They often fear the stigma more than the sin itself and being branded with the pornography leprosy. They feel as if no one would ever talk to them, that they could never become worthy enough to marry in the temple, that no good member of the church would ever date or marry them. They feel like the lepers of the New Testament, but rather than themselves saying unclean, it is those around them. If I could change anything for those suffering from mental illness, and even those who are not, is the feeling that they could never be the same again and that the whole church looks at them as some type of spiritual leper. If you have someone who suffers from mental illness and they have fallen into this pit of despair, understand that the choice was more likely temporary relief from suffering. It was not that they didn't love you or that they were not handsome, that you were not handsome or beautiful enough. They were looking for relief in a drug. Was it a poor choice? Yes. But we all have a tendency to make poor choices, especially when our emotions have gotten the best of us. If you've ever been so angry or frustrated that you couldn't calm down, then you can imagine what I mean. Depression isn't much different, just in the opposite direction. The emotions are as if the whole world is coming to an end and there isn't much to live for, and those last day after day. If you are suffering and fall into this pathway, talk to your bishop, stake president, whomever you need to. If you are concerned that he won't understand, then have him listen to the podcast first, whatever it takes. You will be able to remove the depression. You will not be able to remove the depression until you have also addressed the addiction. Now, the next podcast in this series is entitled To the Leaders, will be one that will address specifically to leaders. And you can have them listen to that podcast specifically if they don't understand mental illness. My heart aches for you if you're in the state of difficulty. If I could say anything that would help you, it is to say that the majority of my most spiritual experiences regarding the power of the atonement, the cleansing power of the atonement, have come during times when repentance was involved and I was serving as bishop. The overwhelming love and concern that the Lord has for his children has been driven and driven into me so deeply during these discussions that it is impossible for me to forget. I actually cherish those moments that the Lord gave me to be a part of another's repentance. Sometimes the feelings were so strong I wondered if the Lord himself was not standing in the room. If you wonder how I see those individuals who came into my office now, I can tell you without reservation that I see them as strong, brave, courageous, noble, and worthy. I rejoice every time I think about those moments and I'm grateful to have had them. Now I know I've discussed a variety of concerns and also many of the positive effects that music and media can have on someone who is suffering. Remember that lyrics and messages matter. 
you seek to use media and music as treatment, find those types of entertainment that will provide uplifting messages. Doesn't mean you have to listen to hymns and classical music all day. Just avoid the types of entertainment and music that would teach incorrect principles. Now, as always, remember the Lord requires the fight, and he can do his part. Now, the next podcast, as I said, which will be uploaded with this one, will be called To the Leaders. Its intent is simply to provide some helpful suggestions for leaders who might be dealing with mental illness and someone they are counseling. Talk to you next time.